0: Around the NFL podcast Hot enough to host an audio show Welcome back
1: to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast I like that one My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal What is up boys? Hey Dan The most wonderful time of the year Divisional weekend is upon us Oh, we got some good games coming up, Mark. And you're wearing your red and green shirt because it is the holiday still for the NFL and their fans.
2: You look Gr- like you're about the about green. My dog down down Mark forest. with a C. Green is about the eighth uh, most predominant color in this. Definitely a got, red shirt. If you have a red flannel and a very red flannel and yeah. then
1: greenish trim, immediately you're thinking Christmas gift. That's how. Yeah, I'm
2: it's thinking. it's um <laughs> questionable purchase. I bought it myself. It's actually I
1: like it. What you dress the Christmas tree with? It you put it at the bottom. Underneath the tree? That's how I saw it.
2: That's absolutely what it is. Somewhere (laughs) between that and what the guy's wearing on the brawny paper towels. I mean, I don't have a fashionista – uh, girlfriend, like you, Wes, buying me like uh, new petticoats every week. Yeah, I so. gotta take a
1: picture of, of both you guys, in fact, because <laughs> First Wes. First of all, oh, don't <laughs> don't do it now. No, no Wes. don't. Un- no, 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 no. No, no, I told you it was purely for function. <laughs> I mean, not it for must. Fashion.
2: You must have spent 20 to 30 minutes perfectly rolling up the petticoat petticoat sleeves. Wes there. looks like, like the guy that
1: got the issue of GQ and said like, these winter. are the these are the new uh, tips for LA winter. Where it's <laughs> just the like, long john shirt. Wear the black thermal underneath, and then wear your petticoat on top, and then. Roll it up, show the thermal at your wrists, but then have the petticoat. I don't like the way it buttons at
3: the bottom. Fire right above it's all bunched up with my Fitbit on my wrist. Except for what it it
4: is, is, Wes, which is jealousy. You are reaching your peak as a fashion icon and virile man, just about
5: to be married. We're all just past their prime, exactly. No doubt, 100 percent jealousy. No doubt. Oh yes, he is. That's not what we're saying. No, not at all. But you did roll the sleeves for look, not (laughs) no. That is absolutely
3: untrue. No, it's not. I felt. I. I knew this was coming, so I really. I was like, dude, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to roll up these sleeves? Well, and I was a, like, yeah, because it's, uncomfortable. Wes, you've it's brave, really uncomfortable. You made a brave. She made a
2: brave choice uh, to wear that when you knew that you're going to get some friendly fire from us. But also the well manicured salt and pepper beard <laughs> that perfectly counters the petticoats uh, shades. We,
1: it's like when you're with your partner, and and if your your physical appearance changes, your partner that sees you every day doesn't notice it as easily as somebody that you know sees you for the first time in six months or a year. Wes, the transformation, the butterfly. Since Lakeisha entered his life, how he dresses and presents himself has been remarkable. It has. Utterly. (laughs) You were tough to look at before. Now, (laughs) it's great. All right. Um, Anyway, so Wes wins best dressed. My shirt got
2: totally panned. I might (laughs) never wear this again. I complimented you before
4: the show even started. I don't want to hear this. It's fine.
1: A lot to get to today. Uh, We're going to spin through all four of the divisional playoff games for Corkers, as they say. Overseas. Uh, But before we get to that, we're going to do some news, including big news coming out of uh, Pittsburgh right before we came upstairs. But let's start where we left off yesterday on the coach's carousel. Oh boy. That sound you hear is the New York Jets hopping off the carousel. Adam Gates is the choice of the New York football Jets as their new head coach to replace Todd Bowles. Gase, of course, spent the last three years in Miami. Fired or got himself fired, depending on who you're listening to. An exit meeting with Stephen Ross apparently went sideways. And uh, the Jets come down with, uh, with Gase. And uh, obviously a ton of people were hitting me up on Twitter What do you think about this? Uh, You know, making fun of the move. And I get it. I can understand both sides of it. Uh, And it certainly is not a popular move with most Jets fans. I don't love it. Don't hate it. Uh, But here's the thing. This was always going to be a muddy result uh, because who else was out there? You know, Um, Jim Harbaugh wasn't an option. Bruce Arians wasn't an option for the Jets. So Mike McCarthy, is that who he wanted? Matt Rule? Who the hell even knows who Matt Rule is really? And most Jets fans, and Jets fans, are very different than me in that they are eternally pessimistic. I think it's PTSD for decades of abuse. But I tend to have an optimistic viewpoint on the franchise. Uh, I know I shouldn't be because there's a lot of evidence that the Jets will always uh, mess things up when given the opportunity. But I look at Gase. I never had an issue with Gase, and we we met we made we met him at the owners meetings, and um, there was that. I, one of the most memorable parts of that conversation that we had with any of the coaches was when we asked what was the identity of the Dolphins in 2018. And what did he say, Wes?
3: That's a good question. What did he say? Well, he he seemed mystified by I looked, any sort of said identity. He paused. He struggled it, to he answer. He
1: struggled to answer the question because he had just had his team stripped of Uh, Some major playmakers, including Jarvis Landry and Ndamukong Sue. So I don't think he was in a great setup with that organization. I don't think Miami's the most um, functional operation. The biggest mistake I think he made there is that he did believe in Ryan Tannehill and stayed with Tannehill during his three years there, despite all the injuries. So, yes. Is it a perfect home run hire for the Jets? No, not in my opinion. But is it a laughable hire, one that should be viewed and scorned? I don't think so either. I look at it with some optimism. They hired a guy with experience that coaches offense, that has um, a pedigree. This guy was Sean McVay three years ago. I know it's not three years ago anymore, but this is a guy I think has a chance. And the Jets simply don't do this. They don't hire offensive-minded head coaches. They haven't done done it in almost 25 years. I'm open-minded about this. I think you should be. I think he, show,
4: he showed enough, and he has enough people that believe in him. My concern would more just be about how they got to this point, that the the report that Matt Rule was the number one choice and that they wanted to basically have him hire Todd Munkin as his offensive coordinator, and he refused, and he had a certain staff that he wanted. That, then I start to worry about what is the process going through this because that seems awfully muddled. Adam Gase, not, I don't, I don't think it matters that Adam Gase knows he wasn't the first choice, but that just, it just makes you wonder, like have the jets learned from their mistakes of the past? Cause that it's a messy way to get to this. And I do wonder about Gase just because I think he's combustible and interesting, uh, how he's going to handle, the New York media, because we've talked about it on this show, just his his post game press conferences, especially when they lose, he can be a live wire. He's an interesting guy. I'm excited, and, for that. and I, I think excited. it's going to be entertaining as yeah. as a kind of as a fan that's not a Jets
2: fan. But we'll see how he handles it. I, I'm with you, Dan. That I like I can separate Adam Gase, who is still growing as a football coach, from elements of Adam Gase that I think is in a second job. These coaches really find ways to grow. I mean, you have to grow to keep the job. And there were stuff that happened in Miami with Jarvis Landry, with a fleet of other players where by the time he left, the players did not seem sad to see him go. But that reminds me a whole lot of a lot of other first-time coaches, including Bill Belichick when he left Cleveland and his stock. It's all this stock up, stock down, where right now Adam Gase's stock is down. So when Adam Gase gets hired, it's very easy on Twitter to see everyone just ripping the concept of the Jets hiring him you know, weeks after he was taken down in Miami. This is, like to me, a football coach with like a lot of growth ahead of him, and I like the idea of pairing him with Sam Darnold. The one thing that bugs me is I cannot believe we're going to have to hear Estarn screaming Omaha week after week. I <laughs> need that out of the lexicon. Other than maybe, that, I like this. Yeah,
1: Maybe he'll filter that out. That also. bothers me. will update it. Your thoughts, Wes?
3: I, I thought I was never a big Tannehill fan. I thought the closest he ever became – to convincing me he has a chance to be a franchise quarterback, was under Adam Gase before he tore his ACL. And to me, that bodes pretty well for Sam Darnold. I think in Gase's previous stops, he's been good with quarterbacks too.
4: I think it'll be good for Darnold. The bigger concern I'd have is he never showed any ability to solve the problems on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they they were one of the worst defenses in the league two out of the 3 years he was there one of the other years they were just submediocre if you look at their point differential all 3 years they were 24th, 29th and 30th so by some measures they were one of the worst teams in the NFL and i and i do think a lot of that is the front office and a lot of the kind of institutional problems that the dolphins have had but you know news flash the jets have had those too, So and can hire, he overcome that?
1: Hire the right defensive coordinator,
4: Greg right. Williams, but he an,
1: in the mix. I don't know. Might be Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph who is the in the
4: mix. Twenty ninth ranked defense Greg with Williams. the Dolphins
1: the Jet, and Adam Gase. The Jets have a ton of cap space. Improve the personnel on the defensive side. Get a good defensive coordinator, and I'm okay with that. I trust that they will improve. And to your first point, Greg, yes. Did it seem a little muddled the process? Sure. But does that matter ultimately if you end up with a guy who does can do the job? And- the Colts say no.
4: Right, but the the process in New York for 20 years has been muddled and ultimately unsuccessful, and I think there's been a constant throughout that process, and that's ownership. And that, I know it's changed somewhat, but it's
1: ultimately the same, same group. Right, so we'll see what happens with Adam Gase, who is now with the Jets, and then we are just now down to the Dolphins and the Bengals, who I believe are on the hunt for a head coach. Uh, when we get some reports about me. that, we will get them to you. Top off the carousel and talk about some big news in the AFC North. Uh, this from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Steelers president Art Rooney II said it is, quote, hard to envision Antonio Brown being with the Steelers by training camp. Here is a quote from Rooney. There's not much we can do right now. We have time to make a decision. We'll look at the options. We're not going to release him. That's not on the table. But I will say all other options – are on the table. Of course, Antonio Brown skipped out on practices, team meetings leading up to the Week 17 do-or-die game at Heinz Field and was ultimately deactivated. Chris Wessling, this certainly seems like a a clear sign that the Steelers are serious about perhaps moving on from the Antonio Brown era. That quote grabbed my
3: attention immediately, and if you look at the context, there's some follow-up here. Um, Art Rooney also said there's no sense closing the door on anything today there's still snow on the ground we don't have to make these decisions so i think some of that sounds like it's emotional it's it's only a you know a week or so after this happened and it's still fresh and it sounds like he's had it like he's had it with antonio brown for now maybe that softens over the next few months or maybe they trade him but it does sound like to me they don't want him around they don't really save much cap room by getting rid of him
4: but I think it's just a for-sale sign. I mean, I think he's telling teams to come calling, and I've been really surprised by the conventional wisdom that thinks Antonio Brown somehow isn't that tradable because of this contract. I think that's nonsense. I think he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer still playing at a really high level, and if Amari Cooper can get a first-round pick, I have no reason to believe that Antonio Brown couldn't and, and this is the time of the year you know to be fair that the teams are careful about trading those picks they suddenly start valuing more because that's the next thing on the table but why wouldn't you trade for him until- well no, I, here's I,
1: here's a very good reason he's a doofus and <laughs> he he can tear a locker room apart and he'll put himself above the team at any moment moment including week 17 when a playoff spots on the line and a lot of teams doesn't know i guarantee you greg a lot of teams are just going to be like No, we don't want that type of Only takes one.
2: He may be untradable to 22 teams and vastly tradable to other teams with a different coach and a different culture in the locker room. Antonio Brown, from what it sounds like, if anything, was enabled to act the way he was at times, too. That's not going to be true in other locker rooms.
4: Teams should learn from the Cowboys and the Rams. I mean, their veteran trades have worked out quite
1: well. All right, now, gentlemen. So we'll try, we're going to keep tracking that one, by the way. For what it's worth. That's a major, <laughs> that is a major off-season storyline.
3: For what it's worth, Ed Bouchette, who is one of the most reliable reporters in the league and not prone to hyperbole, tweeted goodbye Antonio Brown when he was retweeting mm. um, basically the story. Yeah. So uh, to me, that, to that like he usually has a good sense he, of he what's happening. He's sending a message. I do remember
4: once there was source ownership sources that said they wanted to trade Ben Roethlisberger, too, after his second uh, uh, off-field incident. That ended up being almost like a soft threat. I don't think this... That
1: went, went away quick. Yeah, that went away. All right, and uh, let's get to the games now of Divisional Round Weekend. Yahoo! Um, and by the way, stream every NFL playoff game live on your mobile or tablet through the NFL or Yahoo Sports app. Yeah, the technology, Mark. Can you can you imagine when you were a young man in the 90s no, that you would be able to watch an NFL playoff game On your phone,
2: if you so desired. I didn't have an active imagination at that age, so I could not have grasped (laughs) the concept of any of this.
3: I think about that almost every day still. Things like being able to watch football. Like the things we do for a living. When Mark and I were like 20, you couldn't even imagine it. I mean,
4: we, I mean, we, we could be
1: doing it. We could be doing it
3: Saturday
4: <laughs> on the way to the Rams game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. When you guys, I were, still
2: feel young, so I'm when, not concerned about the ages. When you guys were, you know, this. in the
4: backyard, you know, banging those rocks together to <laughs> to start
2: the fire and you know, taking down those. I like that. I like that you suggest down. that we're we're operating like cavemen. Yet we have you know defined backyards. <laughs> the cavemen can't, can't roll up their sleeves. I think not. <laughs>
1: All right, um, let's get into the games. We'll start. Uh, we'll go in order. Uh, so Saturday, 435 Eastern kickoff at Arrowhead Stadium. It is the number six seed Indianapolis Colts coming off a thorough undressing of the Texans uh, in Houston. Now travel to KC to face the Chiefs. They are the number one seed. They earned it with a 12-4 and regular season, uh, one of the more explosive offenses we've seen in years. And Mark Sessler... That's what it's going to be about, right? This is a, a Chiefs offense that is going to absolutely score a lot of points, but a Colts offense that could potentially do the same.
2: I have an, an, an somewhat of an emergency update, an emergency medical alert. Okay. Everyone has caught Colts fever. Wes contracted it first when he was bitten by an unruly male mare, not male, mare, a horse, <laughs> in the middle of the night. Out in a meadow, a horse... I think like that it was
1: a guy, potentially. <laughs> That's even better. Go ahead.
2: A horse bit him on the buttocks, right on the butt. And the mailman ever since must have been busy on the Hollywood club scene because the entire footwa- football world has contracted this virus. Colts fever, b- <laughs> The symptoms are as follows. Intense feelings of love for Andrew Luck. An unexplainable longing to touch Frank Reich's snowy, flowing beard. You've got that. A burgeoning crush on no-namer Pierre Desir, who kept DeAndre Hopkins at bay and now matches wits with Tyreek Hill and the Saucy Chiefs offense. What was the mailman doing on the nightclub scene after he was bit on the buttocks by a mare to spread this virus with such power, to the point where the nation is almost turned on the Chiefs, mothers and children and toddlers predicting an upset at Arrowhead? Despite the fact that Patrick Mahomes is a roaming god, despite the fact Chris Jones, Justin Houston, and D Ford operate as total nightmares for a Chiefs team that is quietly allowed only eighteen points per game at home versus thirty something on the road. Can the Chiefs put an end to this virus that started when West was bitten on the butt cheek? <laughs> this has been an emergency medical alert.
1: Wow. Wes, how is your buttocks?
3: My buttocks is Fine and dandy. <laughs> a shiny.
1: Wow, that is uh, there's no doubt about it, Wes, that you caught the Colts fever after that bite. Uh, my question to you, as the most loyal of all Colts fans, uh, <laughs> is do you actually believe that they're going to go into KC and win a football game? Do you believe them? Do you I, believe in them? I do
3: believe that because I believe they're the better football team. Ho-ho! Whoa! Whoa! I believe. Tell us why. I trust. I trust Andrew Luck more than any quarterback, and I know that you know Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. I trust Frank Clark, Frank Reich, more than any play caller right now, and I know Andy Reid is one of the best of all time. I trust the Colts offensive line more than the Chiefs offensive line. I trust their defense more than the Chiefs defense, which Mark mentioned the nightmares of Chris Jones, D. Ford, and Justin Houston, and that's fair. But the rest of that defense is a dreamland that you can just cruise right through. And they are 31st in run defense um, since week 13. The Chiefs don't stop anybody on the ground, and they really don't stop anybody in the secondary either. Their secondary is terrible. So, to me, there are more holes on the Chiefs' defense, and there are more reasons to be optimistic if you're Mm. a Colts fan.
4: It's not even crazy to say that you think they're the better team. These are the two best teams in the league according to Football Outsiders' weighted DBOA, DVOA. They still have the Chiefs number one. They have the Colts number two. That waits kind of the end of the season mm. even more. So, I mean, this is as good a matchup as it gets. And you're right in terms of the matchup and the Colts running game, I think, is so important. They are so cohesive and so tough to prepare for, I think, for opposing defenses that even a, a really good run defense like the Texans, which was one of the best in the league, had had a problems with the creativity that Frank Reich and, and they're running with last week. Like watching them, they're going seven offensive linemen so often. They're going six offensive linemen and a blocking tight end or two. They use their tight end so creatively. They are pull po- pull po- like someone is pulling in some direction on every play and it's so creative and it's kind of dizzying for defenses and it and they're also nasty as we heard about from Sean O'Hara on our Twitter show uh, on Wednesday, that I I do think that that's a key to this game, that the the Colts, like the Ravens before them, like the Chargers a little bit, when you go to Kansas City, I do think you want to limit the possessions, and I think the Colts have the offensive line to just kind of scramble up their brain, because D Ford and and Chris Jones, it's not like they're known for their their run stopping. They're known for getting
2: after the quarterback. I mean, on the counter side, though, the the Chiefs have scored under 30 points three times all year, And, and you how in the Colts defense is a bigger challenge. I think this is the biggest home field challenge around outside of outside of New Orleans. And I know that Andy Reid has not won a playoff game at home. It's been an absolute nightmare, but are we discounting the fact that like this is a completely different Chiefs offense than well, the, all those teams that crumbled in January? No, I, I like think that I think the
4: Colts are going to get wiped out in terms of their defense. I think both defenses could get wiped out. I think this happens a lot
1: this time of year because the teams that get these buys, disappear for a couple weeks, and maybe sometimes week 17 doesn't matter much, and then the teams that are surging and they take care of business in the wild card, and sometimes you maybe underestimate the ability of that team sitting on the buy. I think the Chiefs are going to come out on fire. I, I The last time these two teams played, we all know, 2014, 45-44, the second biggest comeback in NFL history. Andrew Luck became a superstar uh, that day. Uh, the game was in Indianapolis. Alex Smith was the quarterback of the Chiefs. Very different Time, but I think we're going to see scoring uh, mm-hmm. near that level. I'm not going to say if they're going to uh, combine for 90 points, but I think this is a, a double 30 burger to, at the very least, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
3: I'm with you. One thing to keep an eye on Dan Orlosky had a really cool video on Twitter this week about what the Col- Colts defense did to scramble Deshaun Watson's brain last week. Basically, they came out showing man to man, and whenever Watson would put a guy in motion to check to see if the Colts defense was going to follow that man in motion. It told him they were playing man-to-man defense. And then when the Colts linebackers and safeties dropped, they're all looking at the corner quarterback playing zone. And that you know, you got another young quarterback this week. Maybe that works against him too. It's true that you would think tempo could help, you know, mitigate that a little bit. And
4: you would just think the matchups are different. And I'm curious how much they're going to use Damian Williams, who ran really well at the end of the season. It's not just possibly the two best teams in the league. I think this might be the two best quarterbacks playing this weekend. Drew Brees would be right there in that mix. But the way Luck is playing now is just – he's like there's no negative plays. Like if you're just – okay, that's a plus one. Like there's there's so few negative plays out of Luck right now. He's so like comfortable and, and he gets to his second – reads so quickly. When they take away what he wants, he just starts buying time. There's no one better right now at, at buying time in the pocket. And his offensive line gets a lot of credit, but he is the reason uh, that he doesn't get sacked a lot of these times. There was a play last week, the, the huge throw to Hilton on the first drive. Luck Watt beat Costanzo inside pretty clean on that play, and he ended up hitting Luck. They hit it for 38 yards. There was another play that stands out where Braden Smith and Glowinski both didn't touch the two Texans defenders on a play, and Luck ended up making both of them miss and throwing for eight yards. And, like, other quarterbacks just aren't making
2: it. I do think a fast start is necessary for Indianapolis, and it's the way they did went out last week, and they thrashed the Texans right out of the gate. They were 7-for-7 seven seven on third downs before they even punted, and they were able to settle into their offense and lean on the ground game just as much as the pass. They need to be balanced. They need to be able to do that again. You can't get into a hole against the Chiefs. Mm. I, I I
4: also think with the the Colts, it's like we talked about it a little bit on the Twitter show. I don't want to repeat too much, but they haven't played a top ten offense no watch this whole time. This whole time, and the Chiefs—that's Chief, a fair criticism, right? And it's not even the—it's not the Chiefs; it's not the Colts' fault. No, but they—they they are a great team defense. The Chiefs have played powerhouses, in the Colts haven't. They—they are—they are a great team defense that rallies to the ball and they play together. But they don't have guys that beat you one on one up front. They don't really have pure pass rushers. They get their pass rush by blitzing and by stunts and and all of that. And this isn't just any old offense. This is one of the best offenses. That we've seen this decade. And so to match up just one on one, who is, t- you know, they just don't have the players, I think, to match up with Kelsey and
2: Tyreek. I mean, the Colts may not have played great offenses, but it is in the NFL tough to have a season where you've given up in various games nine, five, 10, 6, 0, and 17 points. Mm. No no doubt. No doubt. Let's pick this game.
1: Uh, I am, I've been going back and forth in my mind for the past 37 seconds. Uh, so if I have a little more time by going to uh, Mark than Wes. Than myself.
2: I really want to lock up the Chiefs, but you know, I'm a little too freaked, uh, and it would get my weekend off to a bad start if I lost that, so <laughs> I'm staying away from that, but I do think Kansas City is going to win the same way they've won a lot of these other games. Give like up a that. lot of points, score a lot of points. I don't want you at the Rams game in a bad mood. Cause well, I may lock- be locking that game up, so... Well, at least, yeah, yeah, we won't know till the
1: end there. It's, it's, it's a real storm for us that we have to deal with. <laughs> very, messy. Very nervous about the weekend. We're Mark's all rooting Locke. for Mark. Whatever happens, Mark's Lock's got to win this weekend. Go ahead, Wes.
3: I promise I'm not overlooking the Chiefs. I have a ton of respect for them, and um, I don't think this team is the same as previous teams, and you can just say, oh, they're, they're snake-bitten in the playoffs. It's just that I believe in the Colts, and I have believed in them for three months, and I'm going to back my horse.
1: I like it, Wes. I love it, in fact. Um... Yeah, I was thinking Colts all week. I think there was some type of Sky Sports exercise we had to do where we had to make picks. I think I took the Colts in this game. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't. I think this is a special year in KC, obviously, and I believe that this is the year of Andy. And do I see Andy Reid get knocked out in the first round again? It would be so bitterly Ooh. disappointing or in his first playoff game of this um, season. So I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Colts are absolutely going to show up and ball out. But at the end of the day – 40 to 37,
4: mm. Chiefs. Mm. Chiefs, oh, Chiefs fans are so nervous. I mean, the Colts took them out in 2003. That was my first year covering football, and it reminds me so much of this year where the Chiefs had a historic offense that got off to a 9-0 and head start, and they kind of were quiet down the stretch. The Colts have beaten them in the playoffs so many times. They've had so much heartbreak. But I think the Colts, it's almost like the Colts are feeling themselves a little too much. Uh, something got on my radar last, <laughs> last week in the Colts. You're a pick, Greg? In the Colts locker room. Let's take a listen to this.
3: And you know me. This
4: is
2: from I the owner.
3: I'm, I'm a rainmaker. You know? I'm not, it's party time, though, for you guys.
2: <laughs> Please. That got, he take,
4: he's taking your title. Please, wow. there is only one Rainmaker in this house. I don't know. And man. this is going to be raining down points in Kansas City. We're raining on the over, and we're locking up the Chiefs. It's a double Rainmaker lock bonanza. Here comes the rain oh, no. again. <laughs>
3: <A> little missing. <laughs> oh, that was Anteeple. Oh, like Yes! I mean, Rainmaker... Oh is that
1: It's Missy Elliott. But I guess the the sample.
3: That's the remake of the MP. The Ann People's version is one of the greatest breakup <laughs> songs in history. Everybody needs to listen to that song. It's truly sublime.
4: Check yourself. One rainmaker in the NFL. You're gonna find out. Well you gotta ar- you gotta say
1: the it, it's understandable that Mr. Ursay thought maybe the title was open because you've yes, just been sir. so dreadful that someone I thought maybe he picked up the baton thinking you had gotten out of you the You can
4: game. say dreadful, you can say whatever you want. All the little raindrops out there that are along this ride for me, we're we're riding high. It's about a speed, where, are, Wait, we you have a where backup are we with the record. You have raindrops.
3: You have a backup group called the Raindrops. No,
4: these are all these are all the followers who just love dancing in the rain. It, that are watching lo- their bank long, accounts dry up. It's a long-term gambit here. It's a mindset. It's it's not about. We should do. We should else. let
1: the audience know that while we enjoy this bit, do not take it too seriously. History instructs us that you would be in grave financial danger if you followed along with. Right. Them. That was that was. That, true. That, we need that disclaimer. That was audience. that was true before. Uh, but now we're
4: really feeling it, the points in this game. You were saying it. You think it's going to Oh, no, be I'd bang you over all day. Uh, so all day I'll go. bang that I, over. I, I, that was all cute before, but now it's really a storm is coming.
3: Colts fans feel okay. much better now that Greg has <laughs> guaranteed this.
1: <laughs> Let's uh, move on. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, another wild card weekend winner. They beat the Seahawks uh, 24-22. Their reward, head to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum will be there uh, to face the Rams who earned that first seed with 13 wins in the regular season. Chris Wessling, here is a great battle. The Cowboys' defense that is peaking against the Rams' offense that the numbers are all there. But do you trust them right now in this moment in time?
3: That is a good question because every sign points to the Rams being 7-1 seven, seven and one at home. They average 37 points per game in their own building. Every time we look at the Cowboys, we think they just don't have the firepower to keep up. And then every time we see the Cowboys play, our eyes tell us Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderesh, and Demarcus Lawrence are one of the best defensive trios we've seen ever in the front seven. The mm. way they're playing hubba, hubba. the past six weeks is like they're all three playing like Defensive Player of the Year candidates. And it's rare to see three guys on one defense doing that. And they keep upsetting teams and shutting down teams because you don't expect them to be as
2: good as they are. And that's how you can get into the mind of Jared Goff. And maybe even Sean McVay. If you take away their ground game. No one gets into Sean McVay's mind, I, man. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Take it back. Fair enough. But what's happened in the last couple of weeks with the Rams, outside of you know the, some of the mop-up work they had at the end of the year, They've not been they've been less than ideal. This is the Jared Goff's end to the season has been lackluster. And I, I think that if you can take out Todd Gurley or at least reduce him in ways that we've seen a few teams do, you can get you this Rams team is not invincible right now. Far from it. This is the game I think where it has the highest percentage chance of an upset, even more than the Colts. Hm. They they are gonna be a
4: really tough team to run against. And you do hear as great as McVay's passing attack acumen is and Goff stepped forward this year, that most defenses come in to play in the Rams intending to stop Todd Gurley first. That's number one. And you've got the, the players to do it in in uh, Jalen Smith and, and Demarcus Lawrence and Leighton Van Esch. And yet, I just don't... I think they can be a little more versatile than the Cowboys' offense can be. If you are going to stop Todd Gurley... Sean McVay and Jared Goff do find other ways to get you. They're a timing offense, and so you do want to see what happens if the the Cowboys are able to disrupt their timing. That's going to be a problem. But the Cowboys' offense, I just can't see like running away and hiding from them.
1: I guess one thing, Todd Gurley. Yes, everything runs through. Todd Gurley on the Rams offense, and he will be playing. He hasn't played in three weeks. I was going to say the, he is back. He has not played yes yeah, since December sixteenth, so it'll be a little shy of a month. But when he gets on the field, the fact that he's limited in practice, should we put anything into that? Wouldn't wouldn't you think this amount of time? he would be okay to go? Is this guy not close to healthy even after all that break? I know the Rams have no reason to tell us and let the public know how bad this injury is, but his ability to be Todd Gurley is going to be a major part of this game. Is this man healthy?
3: I think it's a fair question, and the answer is we won't know until the first drive of the game.
4: And and last week was a reminder that I, I love Todd Gurley, but I would take Zeke Elliott. If I just needed one one guy between the two of them, I would take this. I know you you debated over that decision for your well, all, all pro team. Let's give the eyes.
3: No, I just think that's great. And next week you'll change your mind, and the week after that you'll change well, it back. These two guys are that good. They're I, both
4: that good. I've always, I guess, I always probably would have put Zeke ahead, and so nothing's changed that. And, and certainly this season, Gurley finished off the season slow. I just wonder if is that going to give them chances. The Ake Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters combination has overall been a disappointment for the Rams but they are healthier now. Their
3: pass defense has really improved. Right. Their run defense is still a joke. And I don't think
4: they finished the, the season different. as 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 badly as as a lot of people think. I think Goff played two
3: kind of solid
4: games and I know it was against division foes that aren't great teams and he missed You give
3: him so much more benefit of the doubt than you give Dak who has thoroughly outplayed Jared Goff for the past 5 weeks.
4: I I would disagree. That that he Dak says that when I was talking about negative plays and Andrew Luck, Dak is has so many negative plays, so many interesting... Are you not
3: even counting the ones that Jared Goff has? I mean, I just don't understand how you can watch them both play and say Goff's fine, but that's not... When Dak has outplayed him.
4: I I ranked, like, it was a silly exercise, but this week I had to rank the quarterbacks in, like, trustworthiness. These are my two least trustworthy quarterbacks going into the playoffs. The difference is one has a really uh, exciting young mind as a head coach and the other one has kind of a a very old school stodgy one that I don't think is going to help him out that much.
2: I don't think they've been the same since Cooper Cup went out and I do like the matchup of Ezekiel Elliott versus a Rams run defense that is not a great run defense at any level and the Cowboys last week yeah you don't you can't run away from the Rams but if they can get into their flow they had the ball for 35 minutes last week. The the difference of
4: I think part of the reason we're hard on the or I'm hard on the Cowboys is, is we saw how good they were in 2016, and it's like maybe that just set an unfair expectation. I mean, Dak and Zeke were leading one of the you know most efficient offenses we've ever seen, and now they're an offense at best is in the top 20 of the league, if that. It's not a special offensive line anymore. That's part of the problem. It's a it's an average offensive line because three of the five spots are are. Average or worse, and two of them play next to each other, and Joe Looney, and it'll probably be Connor Williams across from gonna,
2: Aaron Donald, right? And you're
4: going to have to deal with Aaron Donald and, and Sue, and and that's part of the thing that made the Cowboys special. And that don't gone. you
2: think that Prescott's coming off two of the best games he's played? No, I don't year? think he played that well last I, week. I
3: agree with you, Mark. I don't I, know what Greg has he, against he had, Prescott. He had,
4: Three or four interceptable passes. He takes a lot of sacks on his own. And when
2: he misses throws, you can pick four But throws. he also
3: gets touchdowns from running. Yep. Like, that counts, too. Absolutely, and that's
4: been I, huge the last I'm not saying great
2: compared to great other quarterbacks. Just for Dak, the Dak Prescott
4: experience, his I last
2: two games were two of his best games.
4: Week 17 was one of his best games of the year. I thought last week was about his average game. It could, The thing that worries you is, like a third and two throw and a couple of the throws in the red zone where he's not close. I mean, they those are Freemans where it's ten feet over the guy's head, <laughs> and you're thinking, what's going on? You well, know, he's it-
1: not a perfect quarterback, he, and he'll never be as precise as some of these other superstars. But the one thing, a about that, guy. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy. that's like, hey, it's not all about the numbers and uh, you know all that. But I like Prescott <laughs> because you know what? Sometimes Prescott balls out and makes big plays in big spots, no like what also, we saw on numbers, third and fourteen.
3: His numbers across the his board numbers are good across the board, are way better than golf's over but the last my, five
1: weeks. My point is you point out some missed throws last week. I'll point out the third and 14 scramble to the goal line that right. essentially won that game. He is playing with a lot of confidence, um, and I like I like Prescott as a player. I don't think he's a superstar. But my, po- my feeling on this game, gentlemen, is this has been a nice season for the Cowboys and a nice bounce-back season and a season of growth, and they have 11 wins and they're in the divisional round. But I think it ends here. I think this is the Rams game. I believe that the Rams are a team that is going to make a hard charge for the Super Bowl. I've thought this the entire season that they are Super Bowl favorite. So I don't see them in their building uh, with the extra rest against an inferior team such as the Cowboys have done uh, good things this year. I'm going to lock up the Rams. I'm going to get behind the team. Uh, former team of ATL in this game. I'm not going to say the Cowboys are pushover and they're peaking at the right time, but the last time they played a real team on the road, they got shut out by the Colts on the road, and I think the Rams are going to have their way in their building.
2: We're going to be there together. Let's double down on that lock. Oh! I can feel it already. We're going to be celebrating after winning our locks on Saturday night somewhere in this city.
1: Very nice. You also nicely boxed me in. I can't, can't gain on you now. Smart.
2: I mean, I'd have to box someone, and there's only four games here. I
4: like that too. I mean, if if I was going to go double Rainmaker, it's like I think they'll they'll cover this thing too. But I don't want your head to explode. I I I think they're just a better team. <laughs> or Jim Irsay's head I just, explode. I just
3: just think they're a better. I think they're a better team.
1: Wes making make a sweep. Mm. You're locking them up too.
3: No, I'm not locking them up. But making a sweep and oh. picking the picking the Rams. I love the Cowboys' defense. I don't trust this team on the road against a more talented opponent. There you go. Show us something, Goff, too, because I am a little worried. It's a big it's a big game for Goff. It's early in his
4: career. He's twenty four years old. But he's a guy who's kind of taken these steps right on right on schedule. Now's the schedule to go win this game and, and play a solid playoff.
1: I'm with you. Hey, did you know that Lowe's is the new home of craftsmen? Lowe's is my Go to destination where I can explore the latest innovative Craftsman products, including their new V20 power tool battery platform. The Craftsman's V20 cordless power tool lineup features a high capacity lithium battery that's part of Craftsman's interchangeable battery system. It works with tools in the V20 lineup, it gives you a runtime you need and the power you deserve. Nice turn of phrase there. Not to mention a longer cycle life, resulting in an extended battery life you also want to check out that V20. Oh, you'll love the V20, the brushless power tools. Arr, arr, arr. Remember that? Home improvement? No. <laughs> Proudly made in the no, USA <laughs> with global materials in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, for the latest Craftsman product updates, visit Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman.
2: Arr, 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 arr. All right, now for our halftime little halftime break. And uh, I know that Greg's true passion is football, but his real passion. That's number two. Number one is?
1: Gambling. Literature. Gambling,
2: and one above it is women's tennis. Oh, right. I mean, I love men's tennis, too, by the way. Probably is. Women's tennis. WTA stands (laughs) for what, Greg?
4: The Women's Tennis Association.
2: Here we go. I have sources inside the WTA that sent me. I don't know why, because it is of literally zero um, effect to this show or our life in any way. But a diary entry from a yet unranked female tennis player named Nina Penkova, age 24. Mm. Let's dive into it. It's the date of this entry is January 2nd. It's getting up there for tennis uh, to be unranked in Well, she's, un- she's, she's taking, you'll see, she's, she's getting serious. Late bloomer. January 2nd, 2019, and it reads as follows. Dear Diary, today I woke this morning at 522 AM. My breakfast consisted of oatmeal, peach yogurt, three egg whites, and a slow release protein shake. I logged a two hour practice with my coach, Boris Hemler, before leaving for Australia in the Sydney International. I received another text from Philip. It read Nina, why won't you respond? You've been a total ghost since getting knocked out of the Cincinnati Open. What about all those things you said in Rome? <laughs> this is like a <laughs> new entry January 4th, 2019. We're in Sydney. I ate four egg whites and practiced for three plus hours with Boris. The analysts say I'm nothing more than a baseline player. Bullshit. I'm here to set the WTA on fire from the inside out. Philip texted me again with this. Nina, is this some sort of power play? Don't you recall when we camped along the Baltic Sea what you said to me? I'm outside a beer tavern in Rugan, but no intoxicant can lift the darkness. January 7th, 2019, dear diary, my match with Ivana Saddles is two hours away. I just ate a medium-sized bowl of brown rice and broccoli with an olive oil topping. My ground stroke is transformed. After my backhand session with Boris, I glanced at myself in the full-length locker room mirror. I finally achieved it. My calves glow like metal. I appear carved out of precious stone. I am mentally prepared to splinter Ivana's saddles into a thousand pieces. This from Philip. I was kicked out of a bar in Brussels for causing a ruckus. I've been drunk and lost and wandering through distant Europe for three months like a Rothschild on the run. But nothing from you, Nina. What the? Dear diary, I have blocked Philip and will never again allow a man to pull me off course. Ivana Saddles is ninety minutes away from her nuclear winner.
3: Rugen is Germany's largest island by area, located off the Pomeranian coast in the Baltic Sea. Mm. Very good. He's a rich man.
4: You're. I'm. That's Mark. Uh, I, I, well, I wanted to see where it goes from here. I wonder how she got into that tournament, being unranked and all. She's got like <laughs> it's a very wild. fair question tournament wild card or something. They just saw her potential. Those Cavs could get her in. It could
2: be a lack of knowledge on the person who put that together.
1: Ricky, um, cycling back to our last game, the uh, Post Malone is someone who believes in uh, Dak Prescott this week, doesn't he?
5: Yeah, and his new hit titled, Wow, he has lyrics that said, Made another hit because I got bored now. Yup. Always going for it. Never punt. Fourth down. Last call. Hail Mary Prescott. Touchdown. A. I...
1: Ouch. So Wes, maybe you want to reconsider your pick.
3: Is Post Malone, the goofy looking guy.
1: He's pretty goofy looking. Yeah. I mean, uh like face tats With that, that,
0: with that
4: flow that Tim Posey was Line he's, he's bet he's better watch out. Major major bars. He's
1: like pre Malone over there. Moving on to Sunday, the number five seed chargers travel to Foxborough to face the Pats. Sunday, one oh five Eastern kickoff. Ain't no cupcakes to be found for Greg Rosenthal this weekend. His pants are filling up with pee. And um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Like they're sealed off at the bottom. They, <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> like my son, Harrison, it, it, there's like a blue band that, to make sure a sealant. Gotcha. It's
4: it, like you put if him, if you him to bed,
1: you get him in the morning, and like that it's diaper like is full. It's like a 40 pound full. diaper.
3: It's just full.
4: And that's it. It's used Greg. as
1: a grenade. That's Greg right Sounds now. Sounds
2: somewhat toxic <laughs> to the leg area. You're sitting next to him.
1: Uh, what? Did you use. Do you Use cloth diapers, or did you use cloth diapers?
2: Like, I'm saying, if Greg, as an adult, <laughs> oh. had his pants filled up with pee all around his legs the and in the diaper industry, no, general. no, I would yeah, not yeah. have used cloth diapers. I don't even get that that route. <laughs> like a truck has to come pick it up and then bring them back. They're,
1: That's the whole thing. The Chargers, that. here they are, 13 wins this year, including a, a tremendous, really Im- deeply impressive performance at Baltimore, uh, where they got a ton of praise and they res- they deserved every every bit of it. Uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, And now here are the Patriots looking to keep the dynasty alive. Pressure on New England. And uh, we'll start here, Chris Wesley. The Chargers love the Chargers. We're all rooting for the Chargers. They're an underdog. Uh, They've averaged 18 and a half points since that great week 15 game at Arrowhead, the, the famous uh, two-point conversion at the end of the game. Since that game, their offense has not been cooking. Melvin Gordon's hurt, and that's a big deal. The Pats are going to score points in their building. Uh, is Phil and company up for the challenge?
3: That is a fair question, and I think we have all underestimated their defense, including me. Uh, they are a better defensive team than everyone thought. And we've all overrated their offense, and everybody this week keeps calling them a complete well-rounded team which is just untrue. Mm. They're not. This slump is now five games. That's a major portion of your football schedule when you only play 16 in a regular season. They are averaging 282 yards over the last five weeks. Mm. That would rank 31st in the NFL across a full season. Only Arizona Cardinals were worse than that. No one is talking about their offensive line getting worked over. They're starting running backs, starting to run like Jermaine Gresham in the open field because he's playing through two (laughs) MCL injuries. Uh, They can't run the ball. And Phillip Rivers hasn't been good, and they're facing a secondary where Stephon Gilmore had an all-pro season, and J.C. Jackson, their undrafted rookie, is their new Malcolm Butler. This guy leads the NFL in opposing passer rating, undrafted rookie. The secondary is really freaking good. It's a good
4: secondary. In some ways, the Patriots have a similar but much worse defensive setup to – Dean Pease and the Ravens, who just won against the Chargers last week. Of course, the the Patriots' former coordinator, Dean Pease, like a really veteran secondary that you can start getting a little wacky up front because you trust the guys in the back. The Patriots have done actually a lot of similar things to what the Ravens did against the Chargers very effectively two times, which is that amoeba-type defense where you have a ton of people at the line of scrimmage. You don't know who's going to rush. They've had a, a lot of success with that since their bye week. They've definitely been a better defense. I actually think the fact that the Chargers played the Ravens those two times, Greg Bedard wrote about this, but I was thinking about this as well, that that they've kind of seen that, and they've seen a better version of it than the Patriots can do because the Patriots have kind of cooked up, and you haven't seen this in a long time in New England, like these really creative schemes on defense that have confused opposing quarterbacks. And Phillip Rivers is coming off. I mean, I don't know if I'd go five games back because they did have that game in Kansas City where ultimately they put up over 400 yards. But the last three games, I mean, he's thrown for 160 yards or less all three games. It's kind of crazy. I know it's two games against the Ravens and one against the Broncos, but that's still pretty troubling.
2: I do think that there is one of the more interesting historical nuggets attached to this game of any of these games that the Chargers are the eighth team since the 1970 merger to win at least nine games outside their home stadium. One of those was in London. The previous seven teams all won the Super Bowl, hmm. and the, and I think it translates to this Chargers team specifically because these studies on West Coast teams having to travel east and play at 1 p.m. is typically disastrous. It's pretty it's pretty bad, and it's it's tip. You can kind of almost predict doom for certain teams based on that. But this Chargers team is completely different. And they feel, I think with with what is going on in general with the Chargers experience, playing on the road is a different than it would be for another team. And Phillip Rivers is absolutely feeling himself. And there isn't a quarterback in the league right now that is burning brighter to get to a Super Bowl for the first time. Every other quarterback in this playoff field over the age of 30 has won one. He has not.
4: Mm, but he's got to play like it. I mean, I think, he's, I think he's done a really good job all season kind of balancing like, the good Phillip in the bad Phillip shoulder, like how aggressive am I going to be? And then he got a little crazy. He got a little wacky the last few weeks of the season, six interceptions in three weeks. And I thought last week he went too far the other way. There were a couple times when you watched the coaches film last week that he had one-on-one down the field and he did not pull the trigger, which is v- not like Phillip rivers. He had a lot of check downs on third down that were short of the sticks. Like he was not aggressive. And, and that, Sort of made sense against the Ravens because they didn't need that much. But I do think you can go over the top of it. This Patriots defense, the secondary is good, but it's not a fast defense at all. And I I think if the Chargers are good at anything, they should be sending Keenan Allen deep and Tyrell Williams deep and Mike Williams deep and Travis Benjamin deep and see what happens and let Phillip just get, get a little crazy, get a little wild.
1: I so badly want the Patriots out of my life. I want it so I could feel it in my bones. It will happen eventually. No, I want it now. No longer like next year or the year after. No, I
4: mean, they're not They want to win the Super Bowl. I want this to be
1: it. I want this to be the end of the Tom Brady era starting on Sunday (laughs) and I think is absolutely in play. I think the Patriots are hyper-vulnerable and I think the Chargers have a ton of confidence and I think Phil Rivers... He still remembers the last time he played a big playoff game in New England on a a torn ACL and the shoulda, woulda, coulda, what if I was healthy. Well, now he's healthy. This is a – he's a Hall of Fame player with the biggest stage of his life here right now, and I think Phil Rivers is going to play well, and I think the Chargers are going to do it. I think they're going to say goodbye to the Patriots. It's over. I –
4: yeah, I – I am a little worried more than anything about the offensive line trying to protect Brady uh, against Ingram and Bosa. When they played last year. Ooh, those hot feet. When they played last year, that was one of the highest percentage of pressure that Brady had all season. And you know what he did? He reacted like the MVP he was in 2017. I don't know if they get that sort of pressure, especially against Trent Brown. The left tackle uh, for the Patriots is a bit of a concern. If they get that sort of pressure this year, is he going to be able to react like he did in that regular season game a year ago where they kind of played keep away on the Chargers? This year,
1: remember what the, the sound when the pressure gets on Tom now? Do you remember the sound?
4: It's, <laughs> <streaky>. <laughs> it's just disrespectful.
1: Still the number. Hey, it happened to Peyton Manning. Remember Peyton Manning near the end when he did those little slides to, when he was about to get sacked? Same sense,
4: Yeah, but the difference is Peyton Manning was uh, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league this year. PFF had Tom Brady as the number five Tom quarterback in the league. still a very a good quarterback. He had a lot of good – Nobody
3: good. believes they, Tom Brady was the fifth best quarterback I had him as in the I had him as
4: ninth or tenth. I yeah. agree. I still wouldn't have a have a very fifth, good quarterback. But, but
1: still very but good. But he don't like that pressure anymore at all. The
4: weird thing, though, is I think what's been lost is it, his struggles to me, that's part of it, but he's just missed guys that are open. I think McDaniels it has been getting guys that are open and – and Brady hasn't seen him, which is just so un-Brady-like
1: that he's been... So his eyes are down here.
2: A little nervous. That might be it. That Played might be a good it. week 17. I think Desmond King very well. could be a big factor in this. Last week, that he, he really was a huge reason they were able to knock off the Ravens. He had a 40... Two yarder punt return that set up a field goal and the seventy two yarder as well. It's like you can get a couple of those. Their special get teams a good and field defense position. scored
4: twelve points. Absolutely, for them. their offense only scored about eleven points for them in terms of actually advancing the ball. I do think though this is a different Patriots team. Then what? Dan Dan Hans. Then then like stylistically I think that's a good thing I think they're a little more early 2000s I think it's going to be snowing and if it's not snowing it's going to be like 20 25 degrees and I think you're going to see a lot of six offensive linemen you're going to see a lot of Dwayne Allen you're going to see a lot of James Devlin and Sony Michelle and James White and a lot of running and I think that's kind of what they do at their best and I the last time that that, that None Brady, of those names
1: terrify me, but yeah. no, they're
4: they're not. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a twenty. I'm saying they <laughs> they want to play like a twenty-four to twenty style of game. They are not a high-flying team, but I think that physical kind of brand of football will play well there in Foxborough. Right? hold
2: up the caravan. I have a like a a feeling that if they if they lose this game, the Patriots, and if it's an ugly affair for Tom Brady, that it is the end of Tom Brady.
1: That's what I'm talking about, and you know what would really help Tom Brady? Heard this so many times. I you mean, know it, it will really no, help No, Brady. no, no. This is Honestly, different though, no. what would have really helped Brady is if uh, Gronk hadn't retired. <laughs> that would have really helped him in this game. <laughs> well, we'll see. The, the, That's funny. Dan. The Chargers didn't play
3: <laughs> Ricky
4: Hollywood. <laughs> the Chargers didn't play any linebackers last week. And it was partly because their linebackers are terrible. It's like they're going to have to play linebackers probably this week or the Patriots are going to – they're very good. Because the Patriots are loading up the caravan. They're going to – they're going to load it. What does that mean in this game? Get all, get
3: all the trucks ready. We're going right down the middle of your defense. That's what I'm saying. You're going to play seven defensive backs? Come on now. We're going to bring Devlin, like you said. We're going to bring Dwayne Allen. We're going to bring an extra offensive lineman, and we're going to run it down your throat.
1: You think Gus Bradley is going to have the same attack he had no. against the no. No.
3: And no. Not, not exactly. They, no, but I do think the Patriots are going to load up, and they're going to turn—they're going to try to turn the Chargers' defense into what they used to do to the Colts for, and run all over. Brady is more game plan dependent
4: than I think he was early in his career. That they need the right plan for everything to work swimmingly. But he's been pretty damn good this year. Derwin James is going to make done. a big
1: play in this game—a real big play—and there will be no whistle to blow it dead. Here's, it will stand. <laughs> here's the
4: thing: I, I'm, I know all three of you guys are picking the Chargers, right? Am I right? I'm not. Not Wes.
1: Oh, really? Earlier in the week, I thought. Well, He's got the pail in his hand. He's about to head up the hill.
3: Both hands walking up the hill, <laughs> carrying the water. I'm locking up the Patriots. Oh wow! Oh, I funny. like it. There ain't no at-home Patriots.
5: I'm locking them up. Ricky, you you seem to be on the same page as uh, Mr. Wesley. Rivers is zero to seven versus Brady. Brady is nineteen <laughs> and three Zero's at seven. home <laughs> to seven in the playoffs. In Patriots have seconds. experience, are well rested, more conditioned for the cold weather, this. better like coached. Okay, it. Gronk and White are going to be more utilized. They've been saving Gronk. He looked. You said he retired. But he oh. didn't. You watch. Gronk oh, is gonna active. have okay, a good, good game, and I'm locking them up too with my buddy Wes. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I wouldn't ignore that. She's on a hot streak. There is something nice. Uh, it, it's the Patriots. Can I check into a lockoff, or is that
1: would you have an issue with that, Mark? What? If I checked into the Chargers?
2: Go for it. I could care less what you. do. I'm moving. I'm locking up the Chargers. Let's lock off. It's Let's do it. It's Someone a Someone is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a
1: lockoff, baby. Oh, I'm gonna be in such a bad mood when the Patriots win.
4: <laughs> I know. I'm so annoyed that this. I'm so annoyed that this. The the first thing I did when the playoff schedule was released that, that night during our podcast of Week 17, <laughs> I raced to see when the Patriots are playing. Season. Please be Saturday, so I'm not sitting across from this ghoul Dan guys. <laughs> a and small the rest price to pay, guys. by the way, to be a Patriots fan. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. Try being a Jets fan. I I do. Uh, I I do as a Patriots homer. I do kind of like that. This is the year. Where everyone's a little off them, because that's usually when they've yeah, done. no, that's, that's usually when they've done their best work.
1: And, and it, same with Brady. Everybody's off Tom Brady, and you know this guy. He's like a Jordan type. He's pathological. He's probably using that for, for good for him at least. Well said. All right, let's move on. Last game. Ooh, that's a that's a good one. That was gonna be a lot of drama.
4: I'm showing up to work at. <laughs> 1.30 p.m. 20 to
2: 7, New England. 1.30 p.m. Uh, the Enjoy Philadelphia Sky Sports hits.
1: You pick the Pats, too? You, you <laughs> I
2: Pats. do. I think they're going to handle handle their business and then get whacked next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could kind of see that, too. Uh, the Eagles, uh, here they are. They're alive. They have won four straight games, including uh, Cody Parkey missing that field goal. It was tipped. We got to put that out there. Poor Cody Parkey got killed and answered all the questions in the locker room. Uh, and then we learned that, um, who was it, Lyle? Not our old intern. Trayvon Hester? Oh, Trayvon Hester, excuse me, uh, had the blocked <laughs> field goal. Lyle? <laughs> Lyle the intern. No, I don't know where that came from. Uh, Spencer Lyle, maybe? Um, anyway, uh, the Eagles move on because Parkey does not convert. Uh, but they another spirited effort, especially on the defensive side of the ball, gets them to the Superdome to face the Saints, the number one seed in the mm-hmm. NFC uh, Greg and I know Greg that you you are a Saints guy. You love Nola. You love the Dirty South rap game. Uh, I don't care about the
4: Saints really at this point. Oh, I mean you I do
3: like do this oh, every I don't year. Buy that. At one point every year you try to act like you're not a Saints fan.
4: I I, I would rather have the Chargers would be the, the team which is. Kind of a nice like falling place. I would love to see the Chargers move on, and the Rams would be the next team. You can only have so many teams. I would lineup. love to Let see the Chargers move on. Me I mean, not if, if the Patriots can't win, the Chargers would absolutely be the team. I, I, it's not like it's a secret. That's been I've been wanting Philip Rivers to do it for a long time. I would be happy for them.
1: Um, I'll set you up this way: the Saints, kind of like the Rams, are they peaking? Are they on the other side of the peak now? Two of the last three games, they scored 12 points in a win and 14 points in a loss. Are you a little worried about the Saints offense getting going uh, and uh, taking care of business at home here?
4: Yeah, I don't think they're the same offense, or they haven't been since the first 12 weeks of the season. And part of that is because they were counting on Drew Brees to make these ridiculous throws because of the way the season ended. It's almost been slept on what an incredible season breeze had. And it's one of those where the numbers because of his volume don't speak to how many plays he made on his own. To me, he was even ahead of Mahomes through 11, 12 weeks of the season. They were counting on him to fit balls into windows that weren't there to receivers that weren't really open. And that kind of fell apart the last four or five weeks. You're right. They were outgained for their last six games. They didn't top 370 yards for a long time, but I, As good as this Eagles defense has been playing, like this is a heat check for them. Like Craven Lebron and Trey Sullivan and the linebackers who played really well in Chicago, how good really is this Eagles defense and how much of it has just been playing against, they did a good job against the Rams, but how much of it has been playing against Houston and Chicago, it is a whole different story to have to play against this Saints team, which you would think would kind of figure out how to get a little more multiple, get guys open and get
3: Teddy Ginn involved. I think the Saints, a big part of their problem was the offensive line, and they're healthy now. That should go a long way. I just think their offense has too much talent to be healthy and not play well. And if they're healthy, I expect them to. But I also um, have shown no ability whatsoever to read the Eagles, a team that has bedeviled and mystified me, and I have no clue – what they're about, so don't listen to anything I say. Well, you made a big
4: statement as you were walking out of the newsroom
2: yesterday because we were just That's kinda, how he likes to leave the newsroom most everywhere.
4: We were talking about Nick Foles, and then just as you're walking away, you were just like, I got to admit, I'm just taking the, the L on that one. He, I, I, he's
2: just better than I thought yeah, he was. Yeah,
3: he beat me. He's just <laughs> developed into a much better quarterback than I thought he was.
2: There is this amazing stat about Nick Foles out there that his completion percentage on throws of 15-plus yards, big throws essentially, he's a late year quarterback because they were the worst in the NFL through week two during that early starting stretch. And from weeks 15 to 17, and that's 15 attempts in both sample sizes. He is the best.
1: And he's prone to errors. And he threw a terrible pick, um, last week against the bears. He threw two overall. Uh, but I don't think it kind of got a little bit lost, uh, because of the parky theatrics, uh, and all that. But with the, that bears defense, which we love, it was a great defense. Um, Vic Fangio did a great job with that group. He, the fact that he could do that 12-play, 60-yard drive, down 15-10, late in the fourth quarter, on the road, that that um, crowd, their buttholes were so tight for that entire game <laughs> until they finally took the lead, and that place was confident and going nuts, and Nick Foles gave no Fs, and he just took his team down the field. He is a special guy in the big moment. And that's why there's no way I would ever lock up the Saints in this game. I'll probably pick the Saints just because I think it's a superior team. But if Nick Foles does it again, can't be shocked. Too many times right. we've seen it now over the past 12 months.
2: They're also when they that Week 11, 48 to seven blowout means literally nothing to me at this point. I, I cannot Ancient think history. of I cannot think of a result that has less to do with the two teams involved than these two teams. And that was right after they traded for Golden Tate. And they really, that trade up till recently has looked like a bum trade. But in the year, in the weeks where they barely used Golden Tate, they were doing a lot of two tight end sets where it was Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, I think the best tight end duo in the league, no question about it. And that helped open up their ground game. Then a couple weeks after that loss to the Saints, they got Darren Sproles back. He's been a huge help for them. And in the last couple of weeks, you have Golden Tate starting to play a little bit more. And last week, he made a big difference at the most critical time. They are
4: Jordan Hicks. It was back. Tim Jernigan is back. They're just a little deeper, and then they kind of settled down in their secondary. I think... Avanti Maddox gave up a big play last week on a double move. You know, you're, you're going to test. Avanti Maddox gave up quite a few. Quite a few plays games. against Allen Robinson. You're going to test. You've got to test these guys. Razul Douglas has been playing well, but you've got to test these guys. You, and, and to me, the Saints' running game is kind of the bellwether for that offense. When their running game is going, then they look like the 2017 Saints or the one we saw early in the year. And I, this is a tough defense to run against, though. This is not an easy defense to run against.
1: Are you going to have any conversations with your friend Mark Ingram, Mark Zessler, mm. ahead of this game, about whether it's strategy or just general well-wishing?
2: I'll send him a text. I mean, it's not something that is happening often, and it's certainly... Your boy it's, Mark with a K. Yeah, it's mostly a very much a one-sided um, really I mean, not that the, you know, there's ill just, feelings, but he's not texting me, being like, "Hey, man, hope you enjoy watching the game.
3: Hey, have a good podcast <laughs> this week."
2: No, so you just like,
4: so it's just like you, you've had like seven unsent. You know, he hasn't sent one back to
1: you.
2: No, after? he'll respond. Uh, okay. you know, I'm assuming he has my name in his phone versus just like another well wisher where he's just you know how
1: how annoyed would you be if if your name was saved in the phone but it was saved M A R K.
2: That would my dog Mark would have seen. Yeah, that would concern me because that seemed to be his whole bit was that he's was differentiating <laughs> I mean. us based on probably, name.
1: because that would be the one connection you had was that he was he took the time to address you like that in yeah. a personal manner, and if that was wiped away in his address book,
2: I'd be a little bit you take an L there. Yeah, I don't like to think about that. I mean, there's too many other things in my mind that are problematic. I'm up typically from like one till mm. five a.m. every night, so it's I healthy. kind of I view that to be like a healthy thing in my life, a good thing in my life. I don't want to. Add that to the dark lake, I, I, <laughs> dark lake. whatever dark. else is happening. <laughs> the dark lake. Oh, I don't like that. I, I do. Like the I sound d- of that, Mark. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> oh God, dear God. We had a good. We had dear good memories God, together. Why did they? You know. Let the Rams win on Saturday <laughs> night. We ask you this. We love you and we praise you. I. Amen.
2: I feel confident they will. I. I. Not. I cannot switch to the Saints because if I lost twice in a row. With the Eagles being the victor, I, then there would be major introspection happening about my strategy.
1: In so the dark much. lake, I don't want to take the yeah. canoe out there right to the. I point. don't want the lock
4: to like ruin our enjoyment of these fine
2: football games. It doesn't seem to ruin yours. <laughs> well, no, I mean I don't. Have <laughs> An update on the right. standings, by worry, the way,
1: man. Mark. You're 13 and five. Your magic number is two, I believe. West 12 and six. The Zeus are 11 and seven, and. Greg, you taking the L really hurt your great Troy Aikman comparison in '99 when he went nuts. Uh, he's down never the been in a studio show. Come or on, Aikman, Dan. he's
4: not picking the games ahead of time. <laughs> you're ten and eight. If you wanted to go Bill Cower, that could have worked. Oh, Coward. but yeah, he he made a big comeback. Uh, it's still happening. I probably not you even need to imagine. win
1: out, and, and Mark needs to lose out. Um, potentially, that's where you're at. Okay. Better get this one right. Who did I pick? Oh yeah, the Chiefs. All right, let's pick this game. <laughs>
2: I think the Saints are going to win. Uh, I would, I'm would. going to give it like a 26 to 23 type deal. I don't feel that confident about this game.
3: Saints defense is so much faster in that dome. Their offense is so much better. Breeze's passer rating is 35 points better at home. I just think in that building – you. I don't see the Eagles doing it, but then again, I'm wrong about the Eagles every single time
2: I pick against them. Breeze and Peyton have never lost a playoff game at home, so it would be a new thing. These games
1: are all so fun because you can kind of talk yourself into either side pretty easily, but right now where I am in this moment when I'm talking and words are coming out of my mouth, I think the Eagles have had an amazing fun run, and it's over. It ends here, and I think the Saints might get hot and get Mm. spicy and win this game by a couple touchdowns.
4: I'll take the Eagles just because no one else did. So.
1: Good, that's what I did last week. <laughs> just because I thought somebody in the room should take the Eagles, it worked out. Now you're going to be and taking for the torch. playing indoors. Like this is a t- the
4: the Eagles offense. I mean the. Throws that Foles were make, was making versus pressure and how he knows when the blitz is coming and how he's getting rid of the ball so quickly. And their offensive line is playing really well. I don't think the Saints are going to get much pressure on Foles. And just like in the well, Super Bowl, well, I think great playing— disagree on that one. I think indoors helps the, the Eagles as well in that offense. And I think this is another one where there's just going to be points flying up and down, up and down. I'm not trusting either of these defenses.
1: Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So there we go. There's uh, the divisional round uh, preview. We'll recap all these games on Sunday night. And Like we said, we'll be at the Rams game. We might uh, talk to a player. We might – who knows what happens at the Rams game. But we'll be there to watch it. But the actual podcast will be going up, as it always does, late Sunday night, early Monday, depending on where you are. That's it.
2: Well, by the way, one other note. Yes, Mark. If you're one of those people that just cannot get enough of the mailman in your life – and in this case, the paramour—they both appeared on on the, broad, the recent edition of the broadcast, Erica's cool. podcast, along with Emma.
5: Yeah, we had Wes and Lakeisha. It was really, really fun. They were so great.
2: Mm. That's it. It's my turn, I think, next, right?
5: I think so. You're the last one. Mm.
2: The streets are talking
5: about this episode. That. Yeah, Twitter's really? blowing up.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, this nice. is a must listen. It is. Check it out. The broadcast on uh, on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your
5: favorite podcast podcast
1: favorite it's app. podcast, podcast. So while we're plugging other
4: podcasts we we talked about uh, our trip to the westlands manor on on christmas day on the uh Jessal, oh, nick no. and Rosenthal <laughs> vanity <laughs> project oh, no. a little cross Wait, promotion i like it's that It's very quick Wait, I got talking one about out. it's you know a quick a quick story <laughs> but yeah
1: well for throwing out uh plugs off yeah. the throw out, yeah the throwback podcast with dan hansen and bob what Cash did you, you talk
2: what did you did you talk about Wes or greg or it
5: anything just,
1: related to the show it's just two guys in a garage best friends hanging out, talking about the music they like.
5: I'm getting a little drunk. You texted me when I was in Nashville, and you asked me if I remembered it. Mm-hmm. But you did ask me to do a Justin Timberlake album with you. I remember. Do you want to do a home and home? Yeah.
1: All right. You're going to do JT, Future Sex Love Sounds. Coming up soon on the Throwback Pod. And Mark, Heat and Light Podcast, what's the status?
2: <laughs> that one is not happening right now, but there is another one in the works. You know, in the meantime, 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 I'll just sit here and eat up airtime promoting all of your ridiculous side projects. <laughs>
1: What a manufactured joke. (laughs) This is Dan Hansa signing off for... Please. (laughs) Very angry. Not at all. The quiet storm. Happy for all of you. The mailman. Look how well-dressed that man is now. The old boss and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass till Sunday night.